Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for coming back for another episode of The Stories. I'm so happy to have you here. And thanks for sticking around after the past couple of episodes. I feel like if you're on episode three, maybe you're here for the long haul. Um, you know, once again, the best place to reach out to me for whatever you might be thinking or want to share is definitely through the stories underscore podcasts on Instagram and the different places that you can listen to this podcast are on Spotify and then please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, really whatever that might be. I'm so happy that it's up there because it's been awesome to really see how many of you all are interacting with the podcast, but I am still learning about the platform. Anyways, today the story that I'm going to be presenting to you all is one that you might have read from me in the past. If you've known me or followed me in any way, it's something that I wrote a while back, but really seems to come up. It, it used to be once a year. Now it's almost once every couple of months, unfortunately, but it's important and it's it's less so about a specific experience I have had, more so just about um, you know what it's like to be the only black person in the room and what it really means to to cultivate diversity and to work for it. So I'm excited to say it or to speak it to you today. And I hope that it is helpful in some way. And I hope that you have thoughts on it because I'd like to hear it. And I'm going to be referencing um, a cartoon that I will also have on my Instagram. I'll post it there as well. So if you'd like to, to kind of put an image with what I'm saying, then I'll be sure to put that there as well. So getting started, the only Black person in the room. I began cultivating diversity before I understood the term. To break it down, this means pursuing friendship and fellowship with those that have experienced life through different lens. There's so much to learn from people that walk through life in a way you could never imagine. Empathy can only be utilized through a true pursuit of understanding what you may not know. And, you know, I did this not to be a person that's different or unique, honestly, less so, you know, but to be what I felt was normal. And it took me too long to recognize that white is not normal. It is prominent, but it's not the standard. And the realization that my skin color was associated with more than I knew came as a slow-moving awareness in a fast-moving life. I realized, I, I realized that the N-word um, is something that should not be spoken ever, um, specifically not, not in a derogatory way. I realized that my hair did not lay down straight in conformance with socially accepted beauty. And I learned how to handle questions stemming from complete ignorance. But most importantly, came the, I came to the understanding that hate can be spoken without words. After experiencing this lifestyle, it is difficult to avoid overlooking disappointment and racial relations for the benefit of my heart. And while some disrespectful actions are overlooked, others are really just too loud to bring that too loud and they bring about a rage that's been stifled for too long. And it's situations like there's this cartoon of Serena Williams that was done by an Australian artist. And to give some description, so Serena Williams is drawn in this horrific way. Um, her features are unbelievably large and, and out of proportion, which, you know, does have to do with cartoons in some sense, but it also relates a lot to the horribly racist, um, you know, and purposely racist cartoons that used to be drawn about Black people, um, at, you know, in that Jim Crow era. And basically, it's her throwing a fit. She's stomping or jumping and stomping on her racket. And the man in the background is speaking to her competitor and saying, can you just let her win? Um, and, you know, this came about after she showed emotion, after feeling that something had been done wrong to her throughout the match. But the way that they depicted her and people's reaction to it, right? So people were confused. They said offensive cartoon 
is this racist? A lot of the articles are trying to tear it apart and think, is it racist? But it's like, who are they to say what's racist and what's not when it, when it obviously is? Um, and I think the fact that we're still having to question things like that, and there shouldn't be a discussion, but the fact that there still is one is, is disappointing. And it's just as disappointing as seeing the Confederate flag wave proudly, you know, and it's situations like that that just really deepen the sting. And this is not the first, second, third, you know, whatever time that I've seen a drawing like this depicting a Black woman. And when first reading over the article circulating the drawing, I just skimmed through them nonchalantly. And it's not because I thought it was acceptable, of course, but I just wasn't shocked that there was blatant hatred in the media. And in my head, you know, I thought, I know what a Black woman truly is, so why should this bother me? And that's a little bit of arrogance on my end and thinking that, you know, there was no reason for me to say something, even if it only reaches my, like, you know, best friends who who support me and follow me, you know, at least it's reaching them and at least we're talking about it. Um, but, and, you know, here is what I know that I want to share. And it's that a Black woman is resilient by choice. She is warm and understanding. She is wise. She is intimidating due to her confidence, but she has open arms to love and absolutely no time to hate. And she's more than words can describe or a drawing can depict. And, and, you know, all of those things that I just stated are absolutely not in that cartoon. And, you know, I know what is right. So I was questioning if there was a point in being so upset by this drawing. And, you know, this was due to a misunderstanding that if hatred is not directed towards you, it may not be hatred after all. But I was dead wrong. And, you know, living in the South for a majority of my life, I've noticed that there's a common theme of overlooking the negative and looking forward towards a better future. And I love the second part of that. I think you should always be looking forward towards a better future. But if you're not looking at the discrepancies and the failures of people around you, then you're, you're, it's like you're walking backwards while trying to look forward. It, it really doesn't make any sense and it's counterintuitive. And, you know, while, you know, what I said earlier is a utopian mindset that does not make sense in our so current social climate. And it can't continue because the negative, quote unquote, is taking black boys' lives. It's taking black women's lives. It's destroying people in the criminal justice system. And it's tearing us apart from the inside out. And I can no longer look the opposite way when I see a flag that symbolizes oppression and dehumanization, nor can I look the opposite way when I see a depiction of a black woman that is racist and offensive. And you know, I'm chasing hard after these conversations, but with love, and with credible facts as to why it's not suitable to express your pride that way, or it's not suitable to, to depict, you know, someone of another race of a, in a way that is, that is not glorifying them and that is not beneficial for them. And I think it's something that we all should be working on. And I know a lot of you do. And, you know, we're not going to be the first to go after what is wrong. But the most comforting truth is that we're not going to be the last because people have done it way before we have. And I think that we're strong enough to. And I know what you might be thinking from listening to this podcast and maybe reading the things that I've done and just thinking, you know, Black women must be tired. You know, a, a lot of, like I said before, the circulating media of, of Black women being the most protective, but the least protected. Uh, and it's true. And it's completely true. And, and there, there definitely is reason for us to be tired, I think. Um, but, you know, Black women, I really believe, are the mystery of the earth. I think that as much as our spirits are beaten, ridiculed, and, and dismissed, our strength grows and we are less tired because of it, because, you know, God forbid we rest, truly. And, you know, how it's, it's and it's thinking through, you know, making sure that you're not pitying the other. So pity, I think, is a misunderstanding the public may have to how hard we fight. Pity kind of, it, it kind of 
dehumanizes the situation and breaks it down as, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Um, how can I be an advocate for you? When in, in reality, it's like, I don't need you to stand in front of me. I need you to stand beside me. And, you know, pity is for the man or woman who is raised in a world where ignorance is acceptable and privilege is expected. And we don't need pity. We're loved by you, cherished by you, and encouraged by you. But our strength comes from someone far above you or I. And he has made the black woman strong with a back made of steel, which will continue to carry the weight of ignorance until there are too many black and white men and women of love in which hate cannot break through. And, you know, we're not tired. We truly are redeemed. And after reflecting, I've decided that I just need to do a better job at recognizing hate when I see ignorance by chasing after it steadily and eagerly with love. And an author that I really, really admire, his name is Jedediah Jenkins. Um, he sparked heavy emotion within me when I was reading one of his latest posts regarding his first experience with controversy in a Confederate flag. A little bit of background here. He was from Tennessee, I believe. And I think he was wearing some sort of bandana or something like that that had a Confederate flag on it. Um, truly didn't specifically have a reason behind it, but he that happened to be the day that he walked into a black church in California. And, and it was just this unbelievable situation because this woman walked up to him out of love and care and said, you know, we really don't feel comfortable with you wearing that here. Do you know what that means? You know, so not immediately chastising him and saying, you need to get out of this place. She said, do you know what it means to really give him the chance to, to, to understand and give her the opportunity to speak wisdom into him? And he didn't. And so she was able to give him the background and to give him, you know, a little snippet of the pain that it ensues when Black people see something like that, especially in a safe place such as church. And, and he was so upset with himself and had learned so much from that situation and, and, you know, really kind of dove into being someone that understands and educates himself um, and making sure that, you know, a, an older Black woman wouldn't have to come to him again to tell him why he was out of line. And one of his quotes that, that I keep with me consistently is that the ability to dehumanize through distance is the foundation of group hatred. Um, and and it, it's dehumanizing, I think, to, to support the Confederate flag, to support, you know, anything that really stands out of line of love. And, you know, love changes, but hate is stagnant. And you'll see that all around the world. And, you know, separation and unrecognized segregation allows for the continuance of a way that has never been acceptable. But loving for me as Christ does and for you as the person that you love the most or the, the you know, symbol that you love the most, um, you know, it's, it's not loving from afar, but it's loving from within. And I think it's important to live in a way, in that way, not only mentally, but by physically putting yourself within what you may not understand or find comfortable. Sit yourself down at those uncomfortable tables. Put yourself in those situations where you're having real formidable conversations with people that can educate you, but also don't come without resources. Don't come expecting to get everything that you need from this person because they're not responsible for your education. They're open arms willing to help you, but it's a lot easier to help when somebody else is pulling in their same weight. And, you know, it'd be hypocritical for me to say I'm not guilty of this. There's a lot that I don't know. Um, I am not the only minority in the world. And I think that's important to recognize. And sometimes it can feel that way because we're all, and I know this is kind of a, a joke or, or I think it's TikTok language, but, you know, we're all, we all think we're the main character, right? We're all like, like, I am the main character. You are the main character of your life. And so it's understanding, you know, yes, that's great. You, you do have to live your life for you in a healthy way, um, but also recognize that everybody else is their own main character and you need to be able to build them up 
and be their supporting person whenever you need to. Um, and that doesn't mean going to them and thinking, okay, how are you going to make my life easier? It's coming to them and saying, how can I make your life continue to be positive, continue to go on this upward swing? And, you know, I've, I've just, I've personally found comfort in the uncomfortable. And I at times forget whose glory I'm working for, but I'm just so driven to create change and be different that I sometimes forget about the race that I'm blessed to call my own because I'm so focused on everything else. And, you know, everything that I am is due to the color of my skin, but nothing that I am is diminished because of it. And I'm strong because I'm black. I'm beautiful because I'm black. And we're all cherished because we're made in the image of Christ, I believe. And it's past time we start treating each other as such. So everything I do is to cultivate diversity. And I believe that you can do it too if you're not already. And, you know, not for our own glory, but for the glory of God and our community. So I promise you that I will do better. And I think that you can do better too. Wonderful. Well, that's all I've got for y'all today. Um, thank you again so much for listening. I, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I am brainstorming guests to have on the podcast soon. I'm excited about it. I'm hoping that I can bring people in who have had similar experiences to myself unbelievably different experiences and that their stories can speak to you as much. And it's a little bit less of me coming to you and more so me supporting other people and sharing and sharing their thoughts with you as well. But I have been so happy to be on this side of it and to really give the stories a strong start. But like I've said in the beginning and many times before, I've, I'm building this not because I want to sit in my room and talk to myself for however many minutes, because honestly, it's kind of weird. But I know that it's helpful for people. And I know that as helpful as I can be, other people can be 10 times more than that. And I hope that you'll share this podcast with your friends. And I hope that you know, this will only continue to grow in community. And I want to build a community around this podcast and I want to be a safe place for you. So always feel free to let me know your thoughts. It, it completely drives me. The messages that I've received where people have related to my stories in different ways um, and ways I couldn't have even imagined of reaching, you know, in different kind of diversity aspects has been unbelievable for me. And it keeps me going. And it keeps me editing late at night, even though I don't know that I'm very good at it. But I'm so happy to do it for that reason. And another thing that I just wanted to mention, if for any women, young women that might be listening, I'm going to be speaking at a conference called Gather and Grow. And registration for that should be coming out soon. I will be posting about it on the stories Instagram. But I'm just going to be speaking a little bit, a lot about what we do, what we talk through on the podcast, um, and a little bit more about some personal experiences to hopefully lead women into, into the uncomfortable and, and recognizing their strength and their worth when it comes to situations like that. So if you are interested, let me know, and I'll be sure to send you that registration link. It's going to be completely virtual over Zoom on November 7th, which I believe is a Saturday. So I'll be sharing information for that soon. But with that, I'm going to boogie. I'm home with my parents and I'm about to enjoy them and not be in my room like a weirdo recording this. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I am so unbelievably thankful for you and so happy that you're here. <laughs>